a nice, nice words to end the worship. Lord, have your way in me. And that's so important for us that the Lord has his way in us. I wonder if you have a Bible, if you could turn with me please to uh, the book of the Thessalonians. I can find it. Graham asked me to come along today and he said uh, really looking forward to having you the last time you were out speaking to us everybody thought you were really simple and I thought that was a, a compliment to my wife told me to really think what he had said to me but it's good to be here just to share with you First Thessalonians chapter 1 Paul, Silas and Timothy to the church of the Thessalonians in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ grace and peace to you we always thank God for all of you mentioning you in our prayers we continually remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith your labour prompted by love and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ for we know brothers loved by God that he has chosen you because our gospel came to you not simply with words but also with power with the Holy Spirit and with deep conviction you know how we lived among you for your sake you became imitators of us and of the Lord in spite of severe suffering you welcomed the message with the joy given by the Holy Spirit and so you became a model to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia the Lord's message rang out from you not only in Macedonia and Achaia your faith in God has become known everywhere therefore we do not need to say anything about it for they themselves report what kind of reception you gave us they tell us how you turn to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his son from heaven whom he raised from the dead Jesus who rescues us from the coming wrath Amen and God will bless us the reading of his word Graham said I've got roughly half an hour and I'll put my watch down here I don't know how long I've been speaking for but I've never actually managed to finish a sermon probably in the last 30 odd years and uh, one of my fellow elders in the church just, just remind me of that he says Sandy when are you going to finish a sermon in fact when are you going to get back past your introduction because I always kind of seem to to get way laid a wee bit but since the introduction of PowerPoint uh, it's really kind of helped me to stay to stay in line so I've got half an hour that should take me about five past depending on what kind of mood I'm in but I was when Graham said to me you got half an hour I was just just uh, remembering a wee story about the pastor that went to speak at the wee country church and uh, he said to the head elder how long have I got to speak and the head elder said to him I've got a whistling kettle in the kitchen now I'm sure you've not got a whistling kettle in this one and uh, he thought to himself I doubt the head elder never heard me he must be a wee bit deaf no he said I was asking you how long I've got to speak he says and I told you we've got a whistling kettle through the back alright 
he says well how does that help me for knowing how long I've got to speak alright he says well I should have told you that he says well when you start to speak the kettle gets put on and it takes 30 minutes to boil and then it starts whistling and you know you're finished oh he says that'll do me then that's no problem and the elder said to him however the secretary listens to your introductory comments and then decides whether the kettle's only getting half filled or no <laughs> so it's either 30 or 15 but with me it's likely to be 30 anyway looking forward in anticipation just as a kind of wee background to this uh, and I know I've got some background comments so maybe just move it on to that and uh, I'll just make some comments about the background comments but it's important when, when if we grasp a hold of the Apostle Paul's ministry he writes to different churches for different reasons and he writes to various churches including the Corinthian church you'll not see that up here I'm just kind of just going to share this with you from my head uh, he writes to the Corinthian church and he says look you need to get your life sorted out you're doing all, th- all sorts of things wrong things are not going, going right you're morally wrong you're spiritually wrong you're emotionally wrong you're physically wrong things are just going wrong and you need to get your lives and your church sorted out so he would write to the Corinthians and he shares that with them he writes to the Galatian church and he says to them now look don't go back into your old ways they had got converted to Christianity from religion and he says to the Galatian church don't be tempted to go back into formalism and ritualism because you've been liberated from that you know the Lord Jesus in your heart for salvation don't go back to the old ways of religion and it's nice to see here that you know you've kind of broken free from the old ways of religion now there's not, there's not anything wrong with the old ways as long as they're God's ways and so he writes to the Galatian church to encourage them don't go back to to that old system of worship because that is just religion and religion is man trying to reach God Christianity is where God and his love reaches down to man and he writes to the Ephesian church and he says to the Ephesians be united together that's the main theme of Ephesians church unity be united together stay together as a church have one purpose have one spirit keep going in the right direction I support Motherwell and uh, just that word direction prompted me to say Motherwell because you know my wee team some of them play that way and some of them play that way and you usually find uh, that, that Motherwell are going kind of different ways which mean they hardly have one on a Saturday they're actually called Motherwell nothing you know because that's how many goals they score uh, but anyway that's my wee team but it's important that we've all got different characteristics we've all got different personalities we're different people we're unique beings but it is important in a fellowship that we're all hitting at least the one way you know it might take me a wee bit longer to get there if you look at my frame than somebody quite sleek like Andy Martin who would be up there like a shot so but it's important we're all going the one way and he writes to for example the Colossian church just to say to them look you're getting blown about by all sorts of wind of change try and stick firm don't just get blown about with public opinion 
don't get blown about with the philosophies of today. If you love Jesus, stick with the word. And stay with the word. And keep going with the word. Don't just move in terms of how society is moving. Or indeed how some churches are moving. Stay with the word of God. And you'll keep on the right road. And uh, I'll not go through all these things. I'll be here all day. He writes to the Thessalonian church. And he says to the Thessalonian church. You know a big message to them. The Lord is coming again. But you've got it a wee bit wrong. And he's just trying to correct them. Because they were a young church. And as you see from, from up here. It was written in AD, AD 50. And it's to encourage. To counsel. To instruct. That's why Paul's writing to them. To encourage to counsel, to instruct, to share. And the special theme of this was the fact that the Lord was coming back. He will return. He will return. They had got things a wee bit wrong because they had made up their mind, well, if the Lord's coming back, and if he's coming back tomorrow, we'll all give up our work. So they kind of decided to, to, to pack in their jobs. I quite like that philosophy. <laughs> keen in that way, thinking, you know, but it's not quite right spiritually, you know, but it's, uh, I wouldn't mind just kind of sitting in the coffee shop here drinking my latte every day with my, my wee scone, and, and uh, I've never quite managed to get here, but I've got this notion in my head in this, this coffee shop of, you know, sitting in one of these chairs for a couple of hours with my feet up, philosophizing, with my latte and my scone and butter and jam with a wee drop of cream on it, you know. <laughs> it's, it's, it will happen within the next few weeks now that I've got it really in my mind I can tell you and as you see uh, I've been on a diet for 20, 27 years and I've owned 5 stones so it's, it's not quite working but, so once, once gone I'll know, I'll, know, uh, I'll know be a major problem and uh, so Paul writes to the Thessalonians uh, and says to them, look, you need to stand firm because you're going to get attacked. And Paul, in actual fact, had to leave to go to Berea because he was going to get attacked and possibly murdered. For what? For sharing the gospel. And two things I just wanted to share with you today in the light of the Thessalonians. I've been shared with you just a wee bit about Paul's letters to the different churches that... It's important to encourage each other. I think that might be up there about encouragement. We need to encourage each other. And we need to we all need to be encouraged. And it's important in a fellowship to encourage each other. It's also good to grasp the fact that the Lord is coming again. That's the great hope that we've in us. The Lord is coming again. But the big thing for today I think is to encourage each other because I'll tell you what the world wants to swipe the spiritual feet from you a friend of mine was walking down Sucky Hall Street yesterday and she was telling me that uh, they were out with all sorts of petitions downing Israel now I'm not going to get into that today that's another message for another time but they were also out with all sorts of petitions downing Israel and at the same time nobody mentions the release of Magrahi. Now, I'm not going to make any comment about that. I think it's good to be compassionate. But it's, it lets you see where people are in relation to God's children. They want to destroy them. And I'll tell you this. That's what the world wants to do with you. To swipe the spiritual feet from you. And that's why it's important to get into God's word. And make sure that you know it and you're strong in it. 
And basically Paul's writing to the Thessalonians to encourage them. Because they're managing to stand firm amidst all sorts of adversity. And how do you stand firm as a fellowship? You unite together. That's a big message today. Interestingly enough, it was Paul's message to the Ephesians. And in a sense, it's his message to the Thessalonians. The Lord will return. But be united together. Come together. Join together. Pray for each other. Be with each other. Smile when others smile. And cry along with them when they cry. Just be together. I don't want to put you into a depression. <laughs> about crying. I don't need to put anybody into a depression. I can do it no problem. I, know I can be depressed any day of the week. It's important. It's important. That we lift up our hearts though. And that we rejoice as we read God's word. And we think about his coming. We're encouraged because he will return. That's the hope that we have within us. Well, very quickly, I think, maybe within about 10 or 15 minutes, go through this uh, and then say a few wee words, maybe, at the end. If you look at verse, verse 1, and I don't, think, I don't think this is probably on here because I've just actually thought about it just now, so it'll probably not be in the notes, but if we can move just on to the next section here, and uh, we... We need to be a people in action. We need to be a people in action. And just before I speak of that, I just want to make one, one or two wee comments in terms of, wee kind of theological comments, but are important in terms of our, our daily living. I'm a great one for practical theology. But it's important to learn, but you need to apply it on a Monday. What you learn on a Sunday, you need to apply it in your life on a Monday. If we just sit here and, and discuss theology, which I could discuss theology all day, I've spent all my life doing it. But you need to apply it in your life tomorrow. That's what's so important. How does this impact on me tomorrow when I'm in my situation, when I'm behind closed four, four walls, people don't know exactly my situation, but I need something to be strong about. And it's what you get from here, and it's what you get from each other, and it's what you get from God that's important to give you spiritual character. And these things are so important because we need to apply God's word Practically in our life tomorrow and for the rest of the week. So if you look at the beginning here, verse 1 it says, Paul, Silas and Timothy to the church of the Thessalonians and God the Father, everything's done by Paul in God the Father's name. Not any other God. God the Father, there's only one God. There's only one God. Everything's done in God the Father. And the Lord Jesus Christ. If you look at the Old Testament church, uh, Paul's letter to the Old Testament churches, you'll see in every letter he says, either the Lord Jesus Christ, or Jesus Christ, or Christ Jesus. Now he says these things because he wants to emphasize the order. And I'll just share with, share with you what I mean by that. When he says the Lord, the Lord is the Lord Jesus' positional authority. The Lord. He will always be Lord. And we used to say when he was younger, when I was younger, if he's not Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. Now, that's fair enough in my life, but it's not very accurate theology, because he will always be Lord. 
He will always be Lord. He, his position never changes. So it's not that if he's not Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. The fact is, he is always Lord of all. Sometimes he may not be Lord of my life, but he is always Lord. And that's his positional authority. When the Apostle Paul mentions Jesus, he wants to emphasize his humanity. The Lord, the Lord has positional authority. Jesus, he emphasizes his humanity. And we know that when Jesus walked on this earth, he suffered the way we all do. He had wonderful experiences, the way most of us do. And he struggled with all sorts of things. Tempted in many ways, but never sinned. And that's his deity, Christ. So the Lord, we have his positional authority. Jesus, we have his humanity. And I always think when I'm doing 101 things wrong, Lord, you just know I'm human. And it's wonderful. I'll try not to do it again, but I think you're such a great God. You always recognize my humanity. Why? Because here we have Jesus and his humanity. And Christ and his deity. Sinless. And he says, grace and peace to you in verse 1. Grace and peace. So every time the apostle writes to churches... If you look at the New Testament, you'll never see him saying grace and uh, peace and grace to you. He always says grace and peace to you. Now why is that? Well, there's a simple answer. There's a simple answer. You can never find the peace of God in your life unless you've experienced God's grace. You need to know God's grace first. You need to experience God's grace. And a wee acrostic for that is God's riches at Christ's expense. Grace. God's Riches at Christ's expense. God gave his son and he went to Calvary for us. And that's God's grace that the Lord gave himself for us. And you can never experience peace today in your life and in your heart unless you know God's grace. Now, peace doesn't come... This is another sermon for another time, old. I'll end up no finishing this sermon, I can, I can tell right now. But uh, peace doesn't come automatic with salvation. Salvation comes automatic with salvation. If you know the Lord Jesus Christ in your heart for salvation, you're bound for glory. That's it. That's it. But it doesn't automatically mean that you'll find peace. It gets you in the first rung of the ladder. But the Apostle Paul says, can't remember where it is, uh, it'll come back to me. Uh, I have learned to be content. I have learned to be content. Being content is a learning process. But you can only start that when you have God's grace in your life. And it's important for us to seek that kind of inner contentment, that peace even amidst trial. And so I've kind of know myself been in difficult situations. And yet I found a real peace in God. Even amidst the turmoil. Even amidst difficult situations and circumstances of life. That I found this wonderful peace in God. So peace doesn't come automatic with salvation. But we can learn to be content the more we learn of him. That's what it's all about. The more that we learn of Jesus and his ways and his life, the more able we're able to become content in our life. 
The starting point is salvation. You need to know the Lord Jesus Christ in your heart for salvation, and that's God's grace. Anyway, we'll go into this wee bit here. Our faith that functions. Our faith that functions. We always thank God, verse 2, for all of you mentioning you in our prayers. We continue to remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith. Your work produced by faith. You can't work your way to heaven, you see. It's faith. It's faith in your life and in your heart asking the Lord Jesus Christ into your heart that allows you to function the way that God wants you to do. When you work in this place, I'll tell you something. I've done this. I know what it's like. And you might think, well, he's only kidding us on, you know. I don't mean that I've got any great knowledge of the kitchen, right? I don't mean that. And I've got any great knowledge of cooking. But I'll tell you what, I've washed five sets of dishes for 150 people, right, myself. So I know what this is about. I've served tables for 150 people. So I know what this is about. And the reason I'm saying I know what this is about, not to emphasise that I'm a hard worker, but I know what the people that commit themselves to this coffee shop need to do to make it work. And you know, when Nicola comes out and smiles, nobody knows that she's been a bit off her head in there, eh, through the back, wanting to make sure, and Cathy, that everything goes right, and you know, etc, etc. And you know, they kind of walk out and the customer's there and, you know, how are you today? You know, and everything all right? They've got a lovely smile on their face. The folk only knew they were a bit off their head through the back there trying to get things organised. And that's what, life's, that's what life's like. That's the reality of the situation in here. Why do you do it? Because you love the Lord. You don't do it to gain your way into heaven. You don't do it for that reason. Because you can't do it. You can't work your way to heaven. You all know that. It needs to be a faith that functions. It's because you've got the love of the Lord in your life that you want to do it. That you want to serve others. That you want to give off yourself. A love that labours. I'll tell you, if you didn't have the love of Jesus in your heart, you wouldn't do it. You wouldn't do it. But that's what makes you unique in this place. That you have the love of Jesus in your heart. And I, you're going to have difficulties in this place. I, you're going to have difficulties in the fellowship. The only fellowship I know that's not got any problems is my own, Bell's Old Baptist. And I know that because I ask everybody every day how they're doing and they say fine. And I think that's brilliant. We're the only, we're the only place in the whole of Scotland that hasn't got any problems. It's, it's just brilliant. And I'm, I'm, I'm sure if I asked you here... Uh, I might find the same, so we've maybe got two places that that there's no problems in. But at the end of the day, here's the important thing. That we have a love for each other. We're going to have disagreements. We're going to see things in different ways. Because we have got different opinions. And I'll tell you what, mine's is usually the one that's right. (laughs) Usually. Until my wife tells me it's wrong. And when she tells me it's wrong, I know that she's right. Because she's always right. (laughs) And that's how things go. But the reality is, here's the big one for you. Right? It's, it's, It's mandatory to love each other. It's not an optional extra. And I'll tell you how you do it. I found this out about 30 years ago. When I was working with a guy, I'm not going to tell you any more than that, that I really, really disliked. 
He hated me and I only disliked him. But the Lord says to me, Sandy, you need to look at him through the cross. You need to look at him through the cross. Do you know that I went to Calvary for him? And I call that the Father Heart of God. The Father Heart of God. To look at people through the cross. We're not going to like everybody. There's some people in this world. I'm going to give them a wide berth. Because the Bible tells me I need to give them a wide berth to keep me right. But at the same time, I still need to love everyone. And that can be hard. It can be very difficult. I mean, the pers- everybody in here I'm sure is quite patient. There's nobody narky. There's nobody falls out. I know that doesn't happen in here. And that's because you all love each other. But the reality is, sometimes we put up with each other. But we need to go a step further. Because the scripture says we need to love each other. That's why the, the apostle says here, we always thank God for all of you. Not just Andy Martin, not just Pat, not just him or him or her or her. We always thank God for all of you. Remembering you in our prayers. I'll tell you this, if you love somebody, you'll pray for them. If you love somebody, you'll pray for them. You make sure you pray for each other. If love isn't an optional extra, you actually need to pray for each other. And make sure you do that. And make sure you do that in the Father heart of God. That's a difficult one sometimes. Especially after a business meeting or something like that. Endurance that's expectant. Your labour prompted by love and your endurance inspired by the hope that's within you. That's what keeps you going. You're kept going because of the hope that is within you. The return of the Lord. Being with him. What a wonderful day. That's what keeps us going from day to day. Because of the hope that's within us. And uh, just as a wee aside to that, I think it's Corinthians Lorraine Laurie will find this for me. She's a kind of... You always get intelligent folk in the fellowship. And Lorraine's, Lorraine's on the ball with scriptures. I know that. But uh, the scripture says we've got faith, we've got hope, and we've got love. Keep this in mind. These are the three principal graces in the Christian life. The three principal graces. Faith, hope, and love. So keep that in mind. I know you know that, but I'm just telling you again. Faith, hope, and love. The three principal graces... But the scripture says, I think it's Corinthians, but the greatest of these is love. So why is the greatest love? The greatest of these is love. I remember about 30 years ago, uh, a fellow that kind of mentored me a wee bit. I said, why is the greatest love, Jim? Faith, hope and love, but the greatest is love because we need to have faith and we need to have hope. And he just gave me a lovely wee simple explanation. He says, Sandy, faith and hope are human. Love's divine. I says, what? Faith and hope. I needed to say what? I wasn't very smart in these days. I'm still not very smart. But faith and hope are human. And love's divine. I says, and how's that? He says, well, when we get to the glory, you don't need faith. Because your faith will be realised. When you get to the glory... You don't need hope. You don't need hope when you get to the glory. Your hope will be realised. 
But when you get to the glory, his love will go on forever and ever and ever and ever. And that's why the greatest is love because it encapsulates faith and hope. And it, it supersedes them into the glory. So when you get into the glory and you're sitting with your faith and hope, it'll just drop behind you and you'll just move in with the love of Jesus. Can you imagine that? Sometimes I, I kind of dream about these things, you know. And uh, I always say to the Lord, it's just wonderful, Lord. Just thinking about myself moving into the glory, you know. I say, but don't make it the new Lord. There are one or two things I need to sort out in my life. Anyway, next day. Next, uh, slide please that's one o'clock nice. anyway I'll be really really maybe maybe three minutes or four minutes at the most I'm going to really fly through this are people in affliction the apostle Paul says here's an interesting thing when you're going through difficult circumstances keep this in mind that you've got God's power You don't feel very powerful when you're suffering. When you're in pain, you don't feel powerful. You feel painful. You can't even relate to being powerful. And that's okay. Because it's God's power that we rely on. Verse 5. Because your gospel came to you not... Our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power. So in painful situations, and that's the kind of situation that the Thessalonians were going through because they were being targeted by all sorts of people, even from within. It's important to be mindful that we've got God's power and we're also in partnership. This is a partnership together between you, each other, God, the Holy Spirit, the Lord Jesus. This is a partnership together. And in partnerships it's important to be a participant. Not to be on the periphery. Being a participant doesn't mean to say you need to go off your head doing things. I've spent all my life doing that and got nowhere very fast at times. But partnership means that he's got a specific gift and this place can use it. You've got a specific gift and this place can use it. And so have you and this place can use it. It doesn't matter how intellectual you are, how spiritual you seem to be. If you have a look at me, I know I look very spiritual today. And spirituality spirituality is also defined by how big a Bible you have. And I know that you're even more spiritual if it had been black. And you've got your you've got your spiritual sayings in your inside pocket that you bring out to make sure everybody knows them. And that you're very religious. You make sure you take the budgies swing out its cage on a Sunday so as it doesn't enjoy itself. And you do likewise with the hamster with its wheel. And you're religious and spiritual. Not a bit of it. You know that's not the case. So what is being a Christian? Just trying to be like Jesus. Model yourself in Jesus. Be a bit more like Jesus each day. That's what the Lord wants of you. He doesn't want you to be a clone of somebody else or somebody else or somebody else just to be yourself 
and to be like him and to be a bit more like him each day and it's important that we recognise that we're not all good at everything if you were asking my wife she says he's no good at too many things and he's hopeless at most and, and, and that's probably the case I've got about 45 temporary jobs that I've been there for about 15 years that I need, you know, need to sort out there were wee temporary jobs oh, well, this will last 10 minutes I'll sort it next week maybe about 15 years ago there's always pain as well in suffering there's always pain you don't get suffering without pain unless you've got a lot of morphine or good tablets but you don't get pain without suffering there's all have you seen Bill Woods <laughs> he'll sort you out by the way Bill I'll always chat with you later on I'm not but it's also important to remember this to remember this that even in suffering you can rejoice I've suffered from bad depression you know for 20, 26 years I think it is now I've suffered from bad depression probably every day I could put the covers over my head every day but every single day I say this is the day that the Lord has made even though I don't feel like it I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it why can I do that? because I'm saved because of my salvation I don't mean that every day I need to walk about like you know you folk think you're daft you walk about like that every day but I also don't want to walk about like that every day you know and that's sometimes the impression that people have of Christians that we're, we're able to enjoy ourselves but even in suffering we can praise the Lord because of our salvation there's nothing more than that and that's a lot we can praise him for his grace and for our salvation well, that's five past three I'll just, I'll just mention one or two things to finish with I'm really sorry about this not really <laughs> I just say that wherever I go uh, anyway it's a, a people in anticipation I think the next one if I could maybe get that moved on so it is important for us it's important for us to anticipate his return we don't know when it will be it could be, to, it could be today, it could be tomorrow it could be whenever but to anticipate his return and get your life sorted out if you don't like Andy you need to get it sorted out with Andy what's annoying you about Andy? Right? you need to ask Linda that right? and, the, and the fact is we've, we've only got five minutes we're not here at five o'clock but it's true you know if, you've got, if you're in the fellowship and something's upsetting you about somebody else right you need to get that sorted out and the apostle says you've been models models of what somebody says you know uh, what's a model you know well I'm certainly no model you know and this, this wife said to her, her husband everybody was telling me at the church today I'm just such a beautiful model and I've got a lovely hat and I've got a lovely dress and I'm just a model and he says darling do you realise that the dictionary definition of model is a small imitation of the real thing and uh, just kind of brought her down to size a wee bit but it's important that we model ourselves who? on him or him or her? on Jesus model yourself in Jesus the life of the Lord model yourself in him his compassion his humility his esteeming others better than himself if you esteem me better than yourself then it lifts me up there 
And I should esteem you better than myself in that last shot. And we get elevated into being the royal priesthood that we are. We should esteem each other. That doesn't mean to say that, you know, I lift Pat up here and I leave myself down there. That just gives me low self-esteem. Because I'm expecting Pat to esteem me better than ourselves. And that's how we should be seeing each other. To raise each other up, to lift each other up, to encourage each other. To be with each other. And to serve. That's what commitment is. To serve. To serve the living and true God. This is the only one God, the only real God that there is. The living and true God. And he's alive. And we used to sing a wee chorus. You ask me how I know he lives. It's because he lives within my heart. That's the personal experience. That's, that's how and why I know he lives. Because he lives within my heart. And to wait. Consecration. It's important that we're people that are consecrated. That, that doesn't necessarily mean that we need to dress a particular way. Or as I said earlier, uh, conform to particular things. But we need to be consecrated. Set, set apart. In the world. We need to be in the world. I need to know what's going on in there. Before I can sit in this coffee shop and talk to somebody. Then I need to know what's happening here. And what's going on. I need to be able to relate to people where they are. You imagine somebody coming into the coffee shop. And I sit beside them. You know what I'm saying. And how are you today? It's lovely to see you dropping into our coffee shop. You know. Folk think you're daft. I mean they honestly think you're daft. It's, we need people that get alongside people. Nice to see you. How are you? Come in. Good to see you. Don't be nosy. But being welcoming. Being friendly. Being godly. Being in the world. But being set apart. That's this idea of holiness. That the world can't grasp. That we're in the world but we're not off the world. Anyway, I'll just finish there. And thanks for listening. And just one or two, just a, as a wee brief comment, I think what I wanted to do just today was to encourage you to encourage each other. To encourage you to encourage each other. To be one in fellowship and one in spirit. To get your hearts right for each other. I love that wee bit with Paul. We always remember all of you in our prayers. Why? Because we love you. And it's important you have this genuine love for each other. And an ascended Saviour's prayer. And a coming Saviour's glory be the comfort and joy of all our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen.